camera pans down through a neighborhood street and then begins to zoom in on a young man who stands at the end of a cul-de-sac, dressed in his Sunday best, nice slacks and a button-down shirt. And he whistles, you know, that whistle that I can only describe as like a traditional dog whistle, you know, that one that, the one that beckons Fido to you. But this guy, he does it re the really cool way with his fingers. Can anybody help me out with that? Can anyone do that whistle with your fingers? That was a good attempt. <laughs> so apparently, this young man's whistle is a call to assemble for all the other kids in the neighborhood. Because in the next scene, you see a little girl come running down the street with her dog in tow. Another young man jumps from the back seat of a car. A little boy runs out from the front door of his house. Another young lady zips into the scene on a big wheel wearing a super cool unicorn helmet. And before you know it, the whistling young man is surrounded by a throng of kids, each one of them decked out in their Sunday best, including one unicorn helmet, and each one with an empty Easter basket in hand. The whistling young man, young man waves a handkerchief around in a circle and yells, ready? At this question, ponytails are tightened, clip-on ties are removed, shoelaces tied and double-knotted. Then our whistling friend, much like a movie starlet from any 1950s period piece would begin a drag race, flings down his handkerchief and yells, go! And then it begins, an epic Easter egg hunt. Kids scatter in all directions through the neighborhood, hopping fences and bushes, running through yards, picking up plastic eggs as they find them. The big wheel driving unicorn helmet wearing girl chases an egg as it wobbles down the street and she snags it just before it falls into the storm drain. A few eggs have been placed high up into a tree so one industrious young man uses a drone to get it down. As the egg falls from the tree, the boy makes a dive through the air to catch the egg like Calvin Johnson catching a pass in the end zone. One girl runs through a yard, hopping over sprinklers as if she was running the 100-meter hurdle event in the Olympics. We see another angle of this Olympic champion by looking out at her through a large dining room window where mom and dad are busy setting a beautifully laid out table filled with decorations, a large ham, and an assortment of other dishes. Another very determined young lady leaps into a swimming pool, fully dressed in her beautiful blue sundress and cowboy boots, and dives to the bottom to snatch an egg, then triumphantly breaks through the surface of the water, egg in hand. Eventually, all the kids who have taken part in this epic Easter egg hunt are gathered together, jumping up and down and cheering with their now full Easter baskets raised high over their heads. And the caption, Easter like you mean it, comes across the screen, followed by the Walmart logo. 
yes, my friends, I have stolen my sermon title from a Walmart commercial. <laughs> Ever since seeing this commercial a few years back, this phrase has stuck with me, and I just knew I had to preach on it. Clearly, we know what Walmart is getting at. To properly Easter like you mean it, according to them, requires the latest in kids' fashions, cute boots and shoes, big wheels, drones, unicorn helmets, food, decorations. Pretty much every category found in a Walmart store was represented in this commercial. And according to Walmart and their message, the purchase of these items represented in the commercial will contribute to truly celebrating the holiday with intentionality and meaning. But of course, something is missing. In our secularized uh, culture, Christians are more than used to having our major holidays encased with the trappings of materialism, especially Christmas and Easter. I have to laugh every time I look through a greeting card aisle in any store. It's helpful that they have those little tabs behind each style of card to tell you the type of card and who it's designed for. Valentine for grandma, birthday for brother-in-law, Christmas for someone special. But what always gets me is the Easter card section, as inevitably they are labeled Easter and religious Easter. That's a nice oxymoron for you. Of course, there is absolutely nothing wrong with celebrating the holidays with parties and gift-giving or new dresses and egg hunts. I grew up in a family where Easter morning not only consisted of worship attendance, but also egg hunts and Easter basket hunts and new outfits for church. Even as our family aged, our mom still delighted in creating Easter baskets for her grown children, and yes, putting together Easter egg hunts too. Eventually, those plastic eggs were filled with paper money, and if you were lucky, you found the golden egg which I think one year held a $50 bill. Never found that egg. When, when I was doing my graduate work, I was living in South Georgia at the time, and my mom still sent me an Easter basket, and yes, even plastic eggs filled with money. But there was one item that I will never forget. As I was joyfully sifting through the package full of goodies, I pulled out a brightly colored box that was decorated with grass and flowers, and half of the box at its midsection on the front had a clear plastic window to help one see inside. But as I, as I looked inside, there was nothing to be seen, as the box appeared to be empty. I puzzled over this for a brief moment, then I tilted the box just so, and there, as I looked through the cellophane window, at the bottom of the box was a box of a, of the box was a hardened puddle of chocolate. <laughs> Apparently, the box had once held a chocolate Easter bunny, yet it didn't quite survive the heat of being shipped from Michigan to Savannah, Georgia. I can still see in my mind's eye two beady candy eyes looking up from me atop the chocolate puddle. 
I kept that melted chocolate bunny for years <laughs> until the chocolate turned white. It was finally time for it to go. So what does it mean to Easter like you mean it? Of course, there is the old well-known phrase of Jesus is the reason for the season, most often attached to the observance of Christmas, but equally applicable to that of Easter, if not more so. But to Easter like you mean it, I would argue, would be to recognize that Jesus is not only the reason for the season, but the reason for life. And Jesus can only be the reason for life because of his resurrection from the dead, which is truly the sole purpose of Easter by the plan of God. It was a plan put in place centuries and millennia before, from the moment we sinned in the garden for the very first time as a way for God to reconcile all of humanity back to himself. An empty tomb allows us passage back into the garden. The story, the history and story of humanity's relationship with God is a very long and sometimes rocky and turbulent story, but today our only focus will be on the greatness of God as easily seen in the greatness of Jesus Christ and his character and the subsequent world-altering, cataclysmic event that has shaped all of history since that moment and will forever define all of the days yet to come. Like we saw and heard in the video that opened this worship service, Jesus changes everything because he is on the loose. He is on the loose from the power of death that will never again hold him. Jesus didn't just cheat death, like we say about daredevils and stuntmen who toe the line of death with their actions, or someone who miraculously walks away from a terrible car accident. No, Jesus overcame death. He had no heartbeats. He had no breath for three days only to define all laws of nature as we understand them to be to come back from the dead. Beating heart, breathing lungs, functioning mind. This is resurrection power. This is what true love looks like. This is what happens when God chooses to turn the world upside down by abolishing the wages of sin for all time, by sacrificing his one and only son, yet not allowing his death to be the end of the story. Because God's story of resurrection not only resides in the life of his son, but it resides in the life of each and every one of us as well. We are all implicit in Christ's death through denial, betrayal, sin, jealousy. But we had nothing to do with the resurrection. And yet, we have everything to do with the resurrection. Our sin sentenced Christ to die on the cross. But it was God's love for us that brought Jesus out of the grave. Through God's redeeming love, as found in the empty tomb, addicts find sobriety, orphans find parents, the lonely find friends, the sick find healing, the lost are found, death has been overcome. The tomb is empty 
so our lives would not be. The empty grave means that there is always hope for a different ending. And what's even more amazing, according to what St. Paul wrote in his letter to the church in Ephesus, is that this same power that rose Jesus from the grave is the same power that resides in us. And it was his fervent hope and prayer that people would come to understand this. He prayed that God would give his readers a spirit of wisdom and revelation as they come to know God better so that the eyes of their hearts may be opened to the hope that he has in store. And not only hope, but for those who believe, they will also receive an inheritance of his power, the immeasurable greatness of his power. The same power that God put to work in Jesus Christ when he raised him from the dead. So let's think about that for a moment. Let's let that sink in. This same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that God gives to us as an inheritance. God is not insincere. It is not in his nature. We can trust his words and his actions. To Easter like you mean it is to embrace resurrection power. To Easter like you mean it is to have confidence that God is at work in the darkest of places, in the darkest of moments, to move boldly through life without having all the answers because we trust in a God who holds all of our tomorrows. This past week, a friend of mine in Rosedale member had an amazing post on her Facebook page and from what I can tell, the following words are attributed to a man named Rich Walters. I poked around for a minute to find out more about Rich, only to discover that he is a motivational speaker who battled addiction to opioids and heroin and gives God all the credit for his sobriety and his life. And this is how Rich describes Jesus. The greatest man in history had no servants, yet they called him master. Had no degree, yet they called him teacher. Had no medicines, yet they called him healer. He had no army, yet kings feared him. He won no military battles, yet he conquered the world. He committed no crime, yet they crucified him. He was buried in a tomb. Yet he lives today. His name is Jesus. To Easter like you mean it is to recognize this man that Rich described as the Lord of your life and to embrace the power of the resurrection that not only brought him back from the dead, but is a power that also resides in us as we live and breathe and have our being in this life. This past year has stripped away a lot of things from each of our lives. And as a church community, we were stripped of our building, the physical companionship of fellow believers, those things that oftentimes we find a great deal of comfort in. But the year did not strip us away from the love of God and Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you take the Easter holiday and you strip everything away but the empty tomb, 
There is no greater or more powerful message to hear or truth to be had, all of which lasts and never goes away. So this is our call today to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ and acknowledge that we too have resurrection power. It is our call to Easter like we mean it, to embrace the empty tomb with the whole of our lives, to live as Christ lived and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And what better and simpler way to love our neighbors as ourselves than to simply be kind to all those that we come in contact with. This morning, I have the awesome privilege of being able to share with you all Rosedale's next partnership initiative with the city of Livonia. If you have been hanging around Rosedale for a bit, you are well aware of the wonderful relationships that we have formed with the Livonia Police and Fire Departments and the Mayor's Office. Pastor Kelly felt Jesus' call to reach out to these entities more than four years ago to see if there was a way for us to combine our resources and to serve the city together. This partnership became known as the Blessing Bag Project. And on Christmas Eve morning in 2017, members from all of these organizations delivered actual blessing bags to every single employee working that morning at every assisted living and nursing home facility in the city of Livonia. Every Christmas Eve since, aside from 2020, of course, this same group has continued the Blessing Bag Project by taking care of all the staff at St. Mary's Hospital and then disabled veterans living in the city. In the spring of 2020, the mayor's office asked Kelly if Rosedale would be able to create blessing bags for the nurses of St. Mary's as they work the front lines in the height of the pandemic. Very specific items have been requested by the nurses, including headbands with buttons that operated as ear savers to help with the pain of long hours of wearing masks. The ladies of Rosedale Sewing Circle, as well as many other volunteers in and outside of this community answered the call to making these headbands as well as donating all of these other items that was on the nurse's wish list. More than a thousand bags were completed and given to the grateful staff. And now the Blessing Bag Project Group is once again on the move. And if you are on social media, you may have seen some of the teasers already. This time, Pastor Kelly has followed Jesus to the point of wishing to inspire a whole city to be kind. As tomorrow, the Blessing Bag Project crew is officially kicking off their Be Kind Livonia campaign, which is twofold. First, tomorrow, in 10 different locations all over the city, including right here on the grounds of Rosedale, there will be a very large banner with the word kind on it, yet the letter I will be missing. People are encouraged to literally be the I in kind by placing themselves in the place of the letter I and take a photo of themselves and upload it to any social media platform using the hashtag BeKindLivonia. Then people will be encouraged to go out and perform acts of kindness 
and share on social media. Next, people will be encouraged to purchase a yard sign that simply says, Be Kind Livonia. Proceeds from the sale of every yard sign will go directly to the Blessing Bag Project Fund. And this year's Blessing Bag Project crew is aiming to raise enough money to be able to bless all the teachers and staff of the Livonia Public Schools, as well as the Clarenceville School District in December. We all recognize that next to our frontline workers and first responders, no other group has been more heroic than our school teachers and staff during this past year. And no other group deserves to be recognized and blessed for all that they have done and endured to ensure that our children have been given the best education possible in spite of the challenges. Of course, this is always true of teachers, with or without a global pandemic. And clearly it goes without saying, whether you live in the city of Livonia or not, we can all participate in the Kindness Project simply because we have been commanded by the king of the universe to do so. So remember this, peeps go stale, eggs rot, chocolate melts and turns white, new clothes fade are grown out of or become threadbare, the Easter feast gets eaten, but the tomb remains empty. The tomb that was supposed to house death has become a source of never-ending life and life abundant. This is how you Easter like you mean it, my friends. By living your life, embracing the reality that the tomb is empty simply because Jesus loved you too much to stay there. Hallelujah. Amen.